Welcome to Beading Together, a way of being together while you bead, crochet, walk, drive, carve, paint, or enjoy a cup of tea. We're here to keep you company while you get into flow. So put on your comfy mops, turn up the speakers, and join us and our invited guests at the virtual kitchen table where we will talk about life, from birthing to the end and all things between. We're recording today on the traditional territory of the Chilquiac in central Fraser Valley of southwestern British Columbia. The Chilquiac are the first people of the Chilliwack River watershed and are made up of seven First Nations tribal member communities. We are grateful to be here today on their unceded traditional territory. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa Shepherd. I'm known as a Métis beading artist, but just like you, I'm many layered. I'm also a mom, a cisgendered woman, an Albertan and British Columbian, a jigger, a super feeler, and an imperfect human being still embracing life's many lessons. In my heart though, is a deep feeling of the responsibility I carry for future generations. Welcome to our seventh episode, Lottie Kozak on knowing. Lottie Kozak is one of our old ones, a Kateyak, a knowledge carrier, an elder. She's an artist and an empath. I met Lottie at least a dozen years ago and we just clicked. It was like we already knew each other or maybe like we knew each other in some other time. When you sit and talk to Lottie, it's like she's looking past your eyes and into your soul. I'm not going to lie, it can be unnerving. The thing I knew right away about Lottie is she knows. Now when Lottie talks, she talks openly, honestly, and unapologetically. And that has merit. It opens our minds to possibility and to empathy. But I need to let you know that Lottie touches on some difficult subjects, including child abuse. So be mindful. If this is a topic that's triggering to you, please do what you need to take care of yourself. Skip this episode if you need to, and we'll be here for you with the next one. I'm Lottie Kozak. Um, when I was a child, I was Lottie McDougal. But uh, Lottie is my proper name, but that's been my name ever since I was born. So I'm not signed up as Lottie Kozak. I'm Lottie McDougal. Anyway, I was born in the mountains. I never came out until I was 18 years old. Uh, life was very, very tragically hard. Uh, uh, people weren't very friendly, people weren't nice, you, all you did was work. And if you didn't work properly, they would beat you up, stuff like that. So I, I, I come through a, a pretty tragedy life as a child, but I had this, whatever you call it, intuition, mm -hmm. ever since I was a little child. When was the first um, time that you remember just having three a knowing. years old. Three years three old. Three years old. Yeah. Can you share what happened when you're three years old that you knew that you had a knowing? Uh, I knew I had it, uh, but I didn't. At three years old, how do you understand it? Eh? Right. I thought all people were like that, but apparently right. not. And uh, because, you know, like little things, 
if I lost something, I would find it. If the kids, other kids, uh, were talking nasty about me or calling me names, I would know it without even seeing them. Stuff like that has started out. Eh? Yeah. And at age three, four, they would make me wash dishes and stuff like that. And uh, You told me before that at three years old that your Uncle Andy... Yeah, I'll come visit. to that. I was just giving you a little bit before, oh, okay, so yeah. I, I asked before I met Uncle Andy. And, uh, like little things like that, right? like washing dishes and stuff. And they made sure that I did it right, otherwise they'd, I'd get a spanking or beaten or abused or somehow. Anyway, one day the, the wagon came, the little cart wagon. And my dad, my mother, and my uncle Andy was with them. And uh, he said he was going to stay. And I was bitch. I was awful, awful shy. Like yeah. I was scared of people. Yeah. So I was kind of sitting behind the stove on the way so he wouldn't see me. And then after my parents left the room, he 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 come over a little closer and he said, "Hi there, little sweetie." He said come and talk to me and at that point uh, I had the feeling that uh, he was kind eh? right so I very shyly come out from behind the stove and I didn't go near him and he talked away to me and the things he said I understood as that at that age and, uh, and he said he came up to build cabins and he said, are you going to come and help me? And of course, I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the tone of his voice was so gentle, so nice that I uh, agreed with him. And then every day he talked to me. He ignored the other kids because they were mean to me. And uh, he would talk to me. And he'd give me a candy so to make sure I didn't tell the other kids I got one. Anyway, I, I sensed from him at that time that uh, he was very kind, and that's what I was looking for, somebody kind eh, yeah. to, to talk to. And I was good at talking at that time. And when he started to work on the logs, he limbed the limbs off, and, and uh, I would watch him. Every, every bit I was there watching him behind him. And uh, he talked away to me. And uh, one day, I was picking up the limbs that he had cut, and they were pretty snarled up. Eh? But looked like uh, looked like something. So I told him it looked like. And right away, he seemed to pick up what I seen. You know, like uh, like my. No other kid at that age would do that. And uh, then he, he forwarded his uh, interest in me and told me, he said, oh, that looks like this, you know, it looks like a horse, it looks like a, a little lamb or something like that. And so right away, I brought out what was in me about artwork, and uh, but my feeling for him, uh, what did you call it? Psychic feeling, I guess you call it. And I could see 
that he was uh, everything I was seeing about him at that age. Uh, I, I really liked that. So time went on. We spent the whole summer together, and that's I was happy when I went to sleep because I had something to, you know, the feeling I had for him, the feeling I had psychic way. Uh, how would I put it? Uh, how would I say that? It made me happy to for somebody to recognize that that type of feeling I had as a child, as a young child. Because no, and, nobody else believed you when you... No, they called me weird and all that. Yeah, they called me crazy. They called me weird. Uh, as I got older, they called me a witch and everything else. So mm -hmm. I quit. I quit uh, telling them. And during um, this time, your parents weren't really around a whole lot, were they? No, they left us. Yeah, they just left us alone. The older ones, maybe it was 13, 14. And uh, I was just a baby. Uh, you'd call it a baby at three. Yeah. Right. And, but I still had that, like, uh, oh, how would I say it? I would go and get the horses, you know, the horses, the little kids and horses don't mind that. You could walk underneath them, do anything. So I would just put a rope on them and lead them home because I was too small to get on them. <laughs> right. But now I said I went and got the horses. It's because my intuition told me where they were. Right. And uh, as a little kid going in the bush to look for the horses, can you imagine that happening nowadays? No, not easily. You know, like, you no. Know, <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. I've never, ever seen a child do that that age, even my children. But uh, there again, this whatever I got is working on me. I walked right to where the horses were and and uh, called them, and they come. And I went home, and uh, I heard the rest of the kids talking, and the older ones saying, you got to go look for the horses. And the other one said, they're in the corral already. They didn't have no idea that I went and got them. You went and got them. No. And when, uh, you, when you were walking to get the horses, like, you just knew. You just knew where they were. Yeah, I just knew where they were, yeah. yeah. And, At and, that time, it was very, very strong what I had. Very strong. I guess maybe that guided me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and then and back your, by. Your Uncle Andy taught you to really watch the animals too, right? Like to take, yes. to take yes, your time. and Because yeah. yeah. you told me about watching a cow, watching a cow chewing yeah. cud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting there, and the, uh, the young calf was, well, he was old enough to chew his cud, but he was laying there chewing his cud, and I said, of course, I could pet the animals, I could sit on them, I'd do everything, eh? Yeah. Or the other kids couldn't do that, and uh, I was doing that, and I was watching them chew, so I went to Uncle Andy, and I said, what kind of gum does it does the calf chew? He said, well, we'll have to look. So he walked over, and the calf wasn't scared of him. Uh, it got up, and he opened his mouth and told me to look. 
I said, there's nothing in his mouth. He said, he must have swallowed it. He's scared you're going to take it. <laughs> I remember that fears everything. So quite later, he was doing that again, chewing his cud. And uh, I said, wonder well, what he did with his cud. He's chewing it again. He said, he must have swallowed it and brought it back up. Now he's chewing it. <laughs> I always thought they were chewing something that they picked up. Right. <laughs> I never learned that for years after that. I thought it was funny when I did learn that they regurgitate into the cut. But that was three years old, and then he came back. <coughs> he left. I was sad that he was leaving, but I knew he was coming back. So that and, gave and me. And you knew just because you knew, not because anybody told you he was coming back. You no, just nobody felt secure told that me. he was coming back. I, I, I saw some very secure that he was coming back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that helped me all through the winter. The abuse I got and stuff. And <coughs> but you know when they when they abused me, uh, I had this feeling too. Uh, I would feel no pain. Like they could hit me with anything, and I wouldn't feel no pain. So it's sort of like shut it off or something. I don't know how you'd explain that. Uh, when I knew I was going to be abused, I would not back away. I would stand there and take whatever they were going to do to me. And the more I just stood there, and I never, never ever cried. So that would make them more vicious because I wouldn't cry. And, uh, but I didn't feel no pain. And so knowing that Uncle Andy was returning was something that you yeah, could look yeah, forward yeah, to. Yeah, no, no, I also winter. I waited, waited until the snow went. I keep looking down the road to see if he was coming. Then he came. I ran to meet him on four now. And uh, I was so happy to see him. So he brought a bunch of turkeys with him. And he was happy. He picked me up, I remember, and swing me in the air, you know. Uh, uh, I was so happy he was there. And uh, then the kids had said to me prior to that, oh, Uncle Andy's coming again. And I said, yeah, he said he was coming. But I knew he didn't say that. I knew he was coming. Right. And I didn't tell them that, though. They said, oh, yeah, he spoils you rotten. Oh, they picked on me that way. But I, I totally shut it out. I don't I shut out their remarks they were saying. I was so happy to see Uncle Andy, I didn't care anyway. <laughs> right. And a lot more we talked. We'd sit on the log and talk about uh I asked him if why I was different. And he asked me, How do you mean different? And I'd start telling him that you know I could go find the horses. I could uh I can uh, take a, a licking, like, you know, they give me a beating. And I said, I, I, I didn't have no pain. So he understood what I was talking about. So he said, oh, little girl, he said, you you got a, um, how did he call it? Uh, he said, you got something that nobody else will ever have, he said. And he said, you be proud you got it. So that really 
did me a lot of good because I know I wasn't wrong. And he said I wasn't, you know, I wasn't what the kid, the rest of the kids called me. So that made me come to the light. But then I never, ever told them anymore about where the horses were or anything. I never, I you kept didn't tell it to your myself. Siblings. You kept it to yourself, yeah. 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 And yeah. did Uncle Andy suggest that that, that be something that... Yes, yeah. he did. We talked for, oh, well, we talked all the time all the summer he was there. Like my mother would scream at me if, if she was there, she'd scream at me, get in here, you know, do something, or get water for her, whatever. Lottie, and, did uh, Uncle Andy share the same gift? Could he, did he know things with I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, he might have, because he was very, uh, he would say, uh, there's, there's this things in the wagon, a, a nail puller or whatever. He said, go get it for me. And uh, so I would go and get what he told me at four years old. So I'd give it to him and he'd say, thank you. You're such a sweet little kid. He said, boy, he said, I don't know why anybody'd want to spank you. He said, if uh, I had my own place, he said, I'd take you home with me. But he said, I don't have no place. But he seemed to know, uh, like, anything that was in the shop, like our shop. Right. Any types of tools. He would say, you go get this type of tool. And I seemed to understand what he said, what, he, what the tool was. Right. Like. At three years old, uh, three and four years old, could you understand how a little child like that would know? Right. Yeah, he brought me a long, long ways at that age. Like you know, I, I was happy that he, he very well understood what was what was what I was why I was different. Anyway, when he left, I didn't cry. I know he was going to a good place. I knew he wasn't coming back. I knew before he left, he wasn't coming back. This time was different. Um, yeah, that time was different. Yeah. How did you know? I just knew. You just knew. Yeah. So I spent every minute I could with him without other kids or my mother screaming at me if she was there. Yeah. I think she kind of stayed there because she didn't want her her brother to see that we were left by ourselves. Eh? So I think she kind of stayed around for that. Because uh, he, he definitely wouldn't give her heck for leaving us. But right after he left, she left too. And, and Uncle Andy didn't come back, not because he didn't but, choose to come back. He didn't come back because he passed on, right? Yeah, he yeah. must have been sick. Or whoever yeah. said, like, he had his legs cut off and he was, you know, Wounded quite bad over the years, I guess. That probably got cancer or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe his heart didn't work. Who knows? Eh? Right. I didn't want no to look there. But I knew. No, no one told me, but I I should have known myself, but I didn't want to go there. Yeah. So I, uh, so I did... just knew he wasn't coming back. No. And, and you're knowing these things, like you've told me a lot about... Um... Like your parents weren't present a whole lot, and and you and your siblings spent 
like you really raised yourselves. Um, oh yeah. And so you lived really close to the land and and yeah 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 in and, and around nature and, around the animals. Yes, I did a lot, and I noticed everything. Like you know, I noticed the birds. I noticed uh, even frogs and stuff. Like I noticed everything. Like, you know, I would take time. If I seen a bear and her cubs, I would watch them as long as they didn't see me. And stuff like that, you know, I, I paid attention to all animals, even our own animals. You know, I would uh, spend time with the chickens. I would put wheat in my hand and I'd sit on the ground and the chickens would pick the wheat out of my hand. Yeah, stuff like that, you know, like I sort of had a... Do you, do you feel like the animals were teaching you, like, survival so. skills? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because, because you have you, you know. have amazing survival skills. I know you, you told me about uh, uh, coming in contact with a bear. Yeah, yeah. Well, not once, several times in my life. Yeah. And I always, uh, I never was afraid. Like, I didn't, like, I wasn't terrified to see a bear coming at me so not I just seeing a bear but actually seeing a bear charge towards you yeah 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 and you and knew and said, you knew that you didn't need to be afraid that's right and i did i knew what to do so to stop this bear from coming at me and what did worked. you do uh you cuff your hands you put your hands together like you're like you're going to clap your hands but you make it hollow way okay that makes it Pumping noise. Yeah. And don't ask me where I got that from. Well, and I was about to ask you exactly that. How did you know how no, to do that? No, it, it just came to me to do that. So I did it. And the bear turned and run. Now, uh, whether it was my powers that made her run or the noise that made her run. But right. later on in life, like when I was maybe 14, 15, I heard a male bear do exactly the same thing. Hmm. So that's what she thought. Because a male male bear will kill the cubs, eh? Right. But the, the cubs were up the tree, so But you didn't I see didn't, that till after that had happened. No, that years after. Yeah. After that happened, yeah. I I learned that the, the male bear does that. Now how did I know? Don't ask me how. I just seemed to do it. A lot of things like that, uh, like catching a wild horse or anything, it was like uh, some horses would be terrified of me, other horses would come right to me. I had so much strange energy that animals would come right up to me. And, and I bears just, were, bears I just were one of them. Pause for a second and just yes. take that in. You said even when you went out to catch wild horses, and I just want to pause for a second and just uh, acknowledge that, like a lot of people, haven't even seen a wild horse, like not an actual wild <laughs> horse. And you yes. know, you're telling these stories, and you've done so much. You know, you've you've been around nature in a way that not a lot of people today have been or are around nature and i just no. does that does that seem to you like that is a, a part of your knowing 
Yes, it is. It's all of all, everything I did was like uh, it, uh, when I was young and a child, uh, even in my teens, I was so strong that uh, you know, like I knew when my mother was going to die, I knew when my dad was going to die, I knew like sixteen years before my dad died. Well, you know, stuff like that, and uh, it's just like. It was just like one of my little lambs died. You know, there was no hard feeling. There was no crying. There was no nothing. Because you knew. But then I, I knew it was a long time before, yeah. Right. And it stayed with, it stayed with me. Like, you know, I knew my mother was going to die. And I knew my sister was going to die. And, and uh, lots of times I tried to cut it out, though. I would uh, catch myself knowing and then I would cut myself out I didn't want to know that mm -hmm. so it, it would go away like you know and I, I've been doing that over the years so because I seen so much stuff that wasn't good that I would cut it out like I would stop myself from you thinking protect yourself from it yeah yeah because yeah. is I mean that is I I, I feel like that's how animals survive right they know you know they trust instinct you know they're yes, they're yeah, very very dialed into yeah. the world around them yeah. and can detect the smallest changes you can detect yes. the way that the leaves rustle a little differently and and you know know that they're in danger because of it and yes right you know and i little, little twig breaking or something yeah else, yeah know, and when i hear you talk that's thing. what it makes me think of it makes me think of you know how much you had to rely on your intuition in all of your yeah. early years. I, I often wonder, would that gift, would that intuition have been there anyway? Or was it... Um, it was there. It was there was all it the strong time. Be, but was it stronger because of having to rely yes. on it? Yeah. I think it was uh, stronger because uh, I needed it to be stronger too because life was so tragically rough and... Uh, you know stuff like that you're always thinking about when if you did anything wrong how how much they're going to beat you eh? hmm. uh, what they're going to do so you, you don't know even your own siblings did that to you your own brothers and sisters so you're sort of Which, hypersensitive uh, to the cues yes yeah. like uh my older sister came home like we they weren't brought up with us they were taken away when they were the first four were taken away from her were put in school in Kamloops there. And uh, uh, I uh, I sensed uh, the two older ones, my older brother and my oldest sister, were, uh, you know, I thought about them all, all the time, but I never, never had no contact with them. But I liked my older sister and I liked my older brother. I picked up good vibes from them, and uh, I couldn't wait to see them. And then my other sister, her younger one, and her and my other brother uh, were the opposite. I mean, they, they, they. Uh, I think they pick up the energy from me, okay. and they, they, they don't understand it. They're afraid of it. I, I'm sure, and the same with the animals too. Some some dogs will 
I have so much energy that they they scared of me. They bark and growl and run away. Lottie, uh, you're. I I had a uh, didn't didn't interview with a man who worked with horses, and he was uh, quite an elderly man, a Métis man, and I remember him saying to me, "The horses know your spirit. They know if yes, you're good or yeah, if you're bad." Yeah. And they that's know exactly not to come right. around you, or they know that you're okay to come around. Yeah, that's exactly right. I would put him in the crowd, and I would go in there. Of course, he'd snort, and he'd run around and around the crowd, just terrified, like he was terrified. I didn't look at him. I didn't look. I just walked in and stood there for a while, turned around, turned my back to him. He'd do that, and I'd do that every day for about a week. And then... Uh, I knew this horse was a good horse. Eh? Yeah. So I go back to the corral and stand there and walk around. And uh, he would prance around and back up and you know rear up and everything. And then one day I went in there and I automatically chased him around the corral. Then I walked away. And I did that for a few days and. One day I went in there and chased him, and he come right up to me. He was shaking, but he come right up to me. So I put my hand up, petted his shoulder, and I walked away. And he walked right behind me. <laughs> it's just like, you beat me, I'm here, I'm coming. <laughs> but I was never mean to him. And Lottie, nobody, so that, nobody taught you how to break a horse, right? No, no, like nobody this was, taught me You were me just anything. following instinct. Lisa, nobody taught me anything. Anything. Not a thing. No, you just, if you had to then learn how to do it yourself, you didn't do it right, you got a beaten. So you learn. And uh, I learned because I know how. You know, like I knew how to do it. And I would make the other kids mad because I knew how to do it. Including for stuff instance, like harvesting, harvesting food for yourself, correct? Yes, that was just... Like knowing uh, the plants? Oh, that was just uh, a gift for me. Like, you know, I knew what to eat. I knew what was good for you. And the other kids still laughed at me. They said I was crazy. I don't know, cows eating grass, all that stuff, you know. But I was, I was healthy. Well, you're still here. Stuff. You've done something right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was healthy because I eat... A lot of stuff early in the spring, right around till fall. And then after stuff froze, you eat the frozen stuff, which is good too. Lottie, I feel and like then, this is where we need to like put a, a little warning into our episode saying, you know, for people listening, don't just go eating wild plants. Like you, you knew because you were in the situation where you had to know. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. not because I had to know, it's because I knew. Like, you knew. As my psychic way and own stuff like that. Right. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to explain to you yeah. that uh, how my mind worked. You know, like. Uh, well, it's the only. It's the only life that you knew. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just the way that you've always been. I keep coming back around to the animals and how, um, like, we're a part of nature. We're not separate from nature. And, and it makes me think, like, 
we have so many distractions, like in our modern world, so many distractions coming at us. And I just wonder how much, how much more knowing we would have if we had to rely on that all the time. Oh, people would be, it would be a lot healthier, I'll tell you, a lot better. Do you still, do you still have a knowing? Oh, yeah, I still know things, but a lot of it I cut out. Right. You had a surgery recently, didn't you? Yeah, I had major surgery. Yeah. yeah. I almost laid on the table. Yeah. And the doctors told you that you, if you had the surgery, you wouldn't make it. Yeah, they told me if I wasn't such a strong person, I would never made it. Yeah. Nobody else would have made it. Yeah. But you weren't afraid, though. I wasn't. No, no, I wasn't afraid. And they were so happy when they woke me up because I guess I was down, right down to nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, even the doctors were still there and they said, oh, I'm so glad you're awake, Mrs. Kozak. You scared the heck out of us. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I was in La La Land. Yeah. <laughs> they laughed. They said, even now she's got a sense of humor. <laughs> but anyway, that's... Uh, it's hard for me to tell you what my mind is like. It's uh, oh, like I could be talking to you, and my mind could be so hundred miles away. Hmm. I am not scared of animals of any kind. The only things I have respect for is rattlesnakes hmm. or any poisonous snakes, because I know if I got bit, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't live. Right. I know I know that. I don't know how I know it, but I know it. You just know it, yeah. Um, that's the only animal that I stay clear of. Uh, because, uh, or if I see it, I just go around it, you know. But I, I don't go near where there's rattlesnakes. Because I have, I don't have a fear of them. But I know I won't live if I get bit. You have a respect for them. Yeah, I don't know why that is, or I still don't understand it. So that's the only animal I could think of that would happen that way. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you bring a lot uh, of the animals into your carving? Because you you oh, ca you carve, and I've about. and I've watched you carve what is just yeah. like a little block of wood, and it's like yeah. I I mean, if you don't mind my saying, watching you carve, it's like you're looking into the wood, and then this animal just comes out in the work that you're that's doing. Right. It's really fascinating to see. Yeah, yeah. Everything I do is like that. Uh, when I make stuff too, I uh, kind of make my own patterns and and make it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just I don't know how to explain it to you. Oh, it's in my mind all the time. So let's say um, when you're when you're carving like one of your little chickadees, do you yeah. do you have to think about what a chickadee looks like is shaped like as you're doing it? No, I no? don't have. I don't have to. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have becomes... to do anything. I know it comes to me. Uh, uh, when I was married to my first husband, I would. I wanted a car so bad I would, but everything I made was anger. Even my sketchings or anything was anger. Hmm. So my anger was taken out on what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But after he died, I I quit, you know, because everything I did was anger. Right. And um, I didn't plan it that way. It just come out that way. Like 
say bears were fighting, uh, horses were fighting, uh, uh, rattlesnakes were biting somebody, and all kinds of stuff like that. That's what would come out in my artwork. Oh, so after he died, I, I quit before he died because he again made fun of me and uh, told me I was doing junk and stuff and who I was trying to attract and all that stuff. But I quit and I didn't do it for, oh, God, it must have been 15 years. I wanted to, but I didn't do it. I would help my kids if they were doing a project. Eh? But uh, uh, then when I married my second husband, he looked at some of my stuff and he said, that's awesome. He said, you do awesome work. And he was a really kind yeah. man. Like he, he yeah, treated he you really well, didn't kind. he? Yeah. But I, I'd been abused so many all my life that I had a hard time trusting anybody. You know, I thought he was just doing that to get close to me, you know, and then abuse me. But uh, after five years, he didn't push me, but he just kept telling me, he said, I'd like you to do me a painting. <laughs> so I did, and still I was not with it yet. You know, like I, I don't know, I just still couldn't do it. So one day... I thought to myself, why am I doing this? I got a really nice husband. This is like five years later. And uh, I was sitting there doodling on my pad. And uh, I put uh, my initials on there with his name. And it spells elk. <laughs> I thought that was pretty neat. I never noticed that before. And then I said to him, I got a question for you. He said, yes, tell me. So I said, can I use your your uh, initial for my paintings? Oh, he lit up like a Christmas tree. He said, by all means, and he come and he give me a big hug. And he said, you do that. <laughs> so the next thing I did, yeah, you should see that. <laughs> Just that one little thing put me through. Just opened the door just like he took a big window away from front of me. That Lottie, was just unbelievable. Lottie, I, I'm wearing right now the necklace that you carved that has, oh, elk, that has elk carved in the back of it. That's right. And that's for right. the longest yeah. time, I thought it was made of elk bone <laughs> because it said that <laughs> until you told me why it said elk in the back. And yeah, so it's, that's so it's a, a carving of a flower. Uh, and yeah, I'm not oh, yeah, sure what it's right. actually carved out of. It's white. Looks like bone. It's uh, uh, is it real white or is it kind of creamy white? Creamy white. Oh, that's that's buffalo bone. Buffalo bone. Okay. But that's the way that started. Like you know, like again, that little bit of intuition I had to ask if I could use his name. He thought that was just awesome to ask him too. So there again. I, uh, you know, it's uh, it's hard to explain it. Like, I have it in me all the time, and it's just unreal. But a lot of times, I don't use it. And it's not something uh, that you 
can control really, right? Like oh, it's, no, well, I it's can just control there. it a certain oh, amount. Can. I just won't use it. Yeah, I put, oh, I I put okay. it in somewhere. Yeah, but it's always there, no matter what. If right. I shut my eyes at night, I can, uh, you know, like uh, for instance, if somebody's gonna die, I know way mm. before. How do you know? And, how does that? How does that happen? Like how? What makes you know? What is it the just thing? comes to my mind. I look at that person, and that's what it is. Uh, you know, it's just, and I never ever tell anybody. Right. Uh, my friend there, my good friend, he he asked me. He wasn't well. He could hardly cook for himself. So I used to cook a lot of stuff to send to him. And then one day he asked me to call me all the time. We'd talk. We'd talk for hours. And uh, I knew he was going to die. You know, mm -hmm. like I knew three years or four years prior. And uh, one day he asked me, he said, if I come and stay in your spare room, would you look after me? And then I said, uh, uh, yeah, I'll think about it. I said, and he said, well, he said, you got the spare room. He said, you're cooking for me all the time. And he said, I need company, too. He's very lonely. So I said, I'll let you know. But I knew not to say yes, because I knew he wasn't going to last not even a week. That's exactly what happened. You know, he didn't have time to move here. That's what I wanted, what told him, and I didn't tell him that. I just said, I think about it for a couple of days. Yeah, and I talked to him uh, an hour before he died. Yeah. And I knew he was gone. Yeah. But I told somebody to go down and check. And then he was dead. Oh. It seems to me that this was something that, that, a gift that people understood or, or believed more in the past. I've got, uh, it's actually been written down about, about um, one of my cousins that, you know, in the early mid to mid 1800s, um, that people would come to her when they'd lost something, including yeah. if, if someone went missing, that they would come to her. And she's actually credited, it's written about that she was credited with uh, when Curly Phillips went missing in the mountains oh, that yeah. she told them where to find him. Yeah. And, you know, it seemed like something that was just accepted before. Yeah. They wouldn't, uh, like, uh, I had that experience too, like quite a, quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. There's a place up on the homestead there where if you hollered, it echoed all around you. Right. So if somebody was calling for help, you'd never have no idea where they were. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because of the echo, you could hunt forever and never find them. Right. So what my instincts tell me where they are. Yeah. And sometimes it's quite a big area, too, like, you know, where they were. Like when a plane goes down, I use it right away. I can find that plane. Or if somebody's missing, I can find them or... Uh, and the police won't listen. Hmm. No, they, nobody will listen. They, they just still think they're. And I had a policeman friend here. He he knew what I was talking about, but the, the other the other police wouldn't believe him. Said, "Oh, we hear that all the time." 
That doesn't, that's got to be very difficult. And that must feel like a gift that you wish that you didn't have. Yeah, just like when a plane went down, that plane went down outside Revelstoke. Yeah. I knew where it was. And I knew the people, and the two people who were in it were still alive. And uh, in a way, I'd, I tried to get a hold and they wouldn't listen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was exactly where I knew it was. Because, uh, what was it? Three, four, or five months later, they found it. And the uh, people were dead, of course. Right. Yeah. But they weren't dead when I when I knew them when it went down. Uh, they were hurt, but they they, they weren't. Uh, otherwise, they'd have walked out because they were only, I think, about three four miles from the highway. Yeah. Out of Revelstoke there. So there again, it worked for me. You know, like I knew where it was. Lottie, and, uh, have, stuff like that. have you met other people, like in the in the recent past that, yes, that have the I gift did. as well? Like, what would you tell someone, someone who is kind um, of new to the person that was like me, uh, but she used it. She 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 had uh, schooling in Toronto to teach her how to use it. Mm-hmm. And she was using it for people. And uh, I heard about her, and I made an appointment to go and see her. It was very, very strong, very strong. And uh, when I went to see her, she come out the door, and she hugged me. She said, I have been waiting for you to come. <laughs> and I said, well, I've been waiting to come here. <laughs> and we got in the house, and she on a chair and she said, I'll make us a cup of tea. And before she did that, she said, she, she started to walk away and she came back. She said, oh my God, you're stronger than I am. I thought, oh no. <laughs> I'm trying to hide it. <laughs> and, uh, but we talked and that was really awesome to talk to her because uh, she gave me pointers too. Because, you know, I wonder why this happens, and I can't sometimes mm-hmm. figure it out. Was she but, older older than you? Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. She's retired now, but yeah. I didn't talk to her. She said she came here to see me, and she said, uh, we won't talk about this anymore. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm not going to do it anymore. But she says, it's just a pleasure to know you. And I walked into a room, and I have so strong uh, energy, so strong of uh, whatever I got. Some children would be scared of me. Oh, is that right? And some, yeah, and some children will come right to me. Will come right to you, yeah. Yeah, yeah the same with animals, dogs. Uh, some get scared, and they growl and bark and run away from me, like they're afraid. And uh, some dogs will come right to me. Yeah, sometimes I, I try to control the, the strength. I have people will do that too. Put it this way, I had a waitress uh, told us telling her about it, and she was really excited about the, how I am. Mm-hmm. And I said, some people I can almost control them. She said, "Well, do you do that for me one day?" I said, "No, I don't like doing that." And she said, "Oh, please, just so I know." 
So one day we were working, she was my waitress, I was cooking. We had a slow time uh, after supper. And this guy pulled up outside, left his lights on, left his vehicle running. He come in and he said, can I have this full of coffee? He said, uh, uh, you know, I'm in a hurry. So she said, well, it's pretty dirty. I'll wash it out for you. So while she was in there washing it out, I put uh, I put my powers on him, and he sat down. She poured him a coffee, and he drank that. And then she drank, he asked for another one, and he drank that. He drank three cups. He sat there about three-quarters of an hour talking away like, you know, like you never was going to go. Daddy's truck was running yet. <laughs> and I said to my waitress, she whispered in my ear, I said, I'm going to let him go now. She said, you really did that? I said, yeah, he told you he was in a hurry. And uh, so I just took it off him. He jumped out and he said, oh, my God, how long have I been sitting here? Out he went, away he went. You know, and I... I took the power out of him. I put it back in him, you know, and he didn't even know what happened. Yeah, but I don't like. I don't do that. I don't like doing that. That's why I'd never been caught anywhere because I knew where what they were after and stuff like that. That's <laughs> why you've never young. been caught. Like that's how you've kept safe, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. And Lot my body. first punch. Yes. I was just saying, like, this is, you're, you have got so many stories. And, oh, yeah. And I will and have it's... to tell you the story in order for you to understand. What's that? Why? I said, I, I pretty well have to tell you stories so you understand mm -hmm. uh, where I'm coming from, where, where, where this thing in, in me is. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like, I can tell when it's a good doctor, not a good doctor. <laughs> You know things like that. It's it, it, it is uh, sometimes I wish I didn't have it. Eh? Right. Like I can get up in the morning and like I'll say we're going to go to Camelot tomorrow, and I can get up in the morning, sit on the bed, and it says, "Don't go to Camelot." Don't do it. Yeah. In my mind, it says that. So I, most time I listen to it. I was just going to ask you, and do you always trust it when you have that feeling? Yeah. You always trust it. Oh yes, very yeah. much. Yeah. It says, like, when I go in the bush, don't walk here. Now, it, uh, most of that time when that happened, when I was walking, and uh, I always had a good figure eh, when, I, when I was younger, until uh, I got that sickness there, yeah. growth. Uh, so, like, it's, it's amazing what men think of a woman walking in the bush by herself. Eh? Right. So... If it was some that had that thinking in their mind, I would not go there. Right. So, so I was actually more afraid of people than I was animals. Yeah, uh, yeah. And at times I've seen a big buck got up, he's standing there looking at me, and I, I refused to shoot him. You know, like he seemed to pick up my energy. Right. Or whatever you call it. And uh, he didn't snort. He didn't do anything. He just looked at me. 
So I just turned away and walked away. Uh, I've done that quite a few times. Well, Lottie, it, seem, knew, it seems to have served you really well. You know, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah. you've, you've... Animals pick it up. Animals pick it up and know more than, than people do. Yes. Well, yeah, they have yeah. to rely on that, don't they? It makes me wonder how much of our, how much of our mm, way of being comes from knowledge being fed into us, like, like everything yeah. around us versus how much is of our knowing is just in there in us that we yeah. just need to be aware of and, and dial into. I mean, I know, uh, you know, we're the RCMP will say, trust your instinct. You know, if something doesn't feel safe, then don't do it, right? They wouldn't believe me. Most of them would Just like this fellow, like I worked for him. And uh, we were just kibbing around one day. And he uh, was pushing me backwards, just, you know, just fooling around. And I said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. He said, oh, you little sawed off, he called me. <laughs> and... Uh, at that time, like he was, he was somebody hard to work for. But I, I would go around that way. I would, I would. Uh, that's that's sometimes that I use what I have, and that's one of the time I used it. Yeah. I turned around. I grabbed him by the front of the shirt. I put him against the wall. The shocked look on his face was just priceless. He said, "Oh my God!" He said, "You're strong." Well, I said, you're bullying me, so I'll bully you back. <laughs> well, you don't go through the things that you've been through without without coming out the other end strong. I know we could sit here for days talking, because I know you've got a lot to share. Oh, gosh, yeah, lots of stuff, yeah. And maybe uh, maybe we'll have to do that, have another time. To... People, yeah, another time when you come, we should talk face-to-face, -face, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe you can explain some of the stuff that I'm talking about. Eh? Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to take a while to process some of all of the information that you've shared today. And, you know, and I'm sure that you'll have a lot of listeners really thinking about what you've shared today. And, you know, I'm really grateful to you for, for opening up so honestly and, and sharing some of this with us. I want to thank you for taking the time to tell some of these stories. You're welcome. Thank you for being with us for another episode of Beating Together. Thanks to my guest, Lottie Kozak. Beating Together is produced and edited by Aaron Dawson. Audio engineer, Matthew Jansen. Our theme music was composed by Métis actress and musician, Alexa Berard. Our podcast artwork was designed by Métis graphic designer, Emma Grant. This podcast was made possible through funding from Métis Nation BC.